I'm Catherine Vu, and my definition of relentless is not quitting when life challenges or obstacle comes your way. Because as long as you don't quit, you will get to your destination. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Relentless Podcast. I am your host, Kyle Dubé. Today on the podcast, our guest has a zest for life that radiates joy, passion, and energy. She lights up a room when she walks in. She's been a beacon of inspiration for entrepreneurs and especially for women throughout her career, involved in many, many things in the Edmonton community and beyond. I'm very excited to have Catherine Vu with us on the Relentless Podcast. Welcome, Catherine. Thank you, Kyle. It's a pleasure to be here. It's good to be here. Now, listen, we're going to get right into this a little bit. You told me you were nervous to be here. Yes. But you're not feeling nervous anymore. A little bit. A little bit. Heart rate's a little no, high. Let's calm her down. <laughs> and again, like I said to you, that happens to a lot of the females that come on here with me. Yes. They get excited. Just staring into your <laughs> blue eyes and then they're just hooked. To my blue eyes and looking at my fat, bald head. It's an incredible thing. <laughs> We're going to have some laughs today, I oh, hope. Okay. Yeah. I, wanna, I just want you to feel at ease, at ease. Thank We're going to talk about uh, your life, your journey, your career. All your good stuff. So, Catherine, you are a uh, giant in the IT world. No? (laughs) I wouldn't say that. (laughs) But you've been very successful in the IT world. And we're going to get to that in a little bit because we're going to talk about how you, how you, I think the way you word it is you accidentally, that landed in Mm -hmm. your lap or you landed in that accidentally. Yes. But let's talk about your journey. Let's talk about where you come from. Let's talk about your life a little bit. Uh, Where were you born? Where were you raised? Uh, All that stuff. Okay. Well, I was born in Vietnam, and uh, I I lived there for 10 years, and that was in 75. My dad and mom was trying to escape Vietnam, mm-hmm. um, and we keep missing all the connections. So finally, my mom says to my dad, you know, if you go to the harbor and there's an opportunity for you to leave, leave. Because my dad is an Air Force captain, mm. so if he had been caught, he would have gone to concentration camp and who knows what our lives would, would have been then. Mm. So he left and did escape in 75 and um, came to Canada because um, Canada was faster to sponsor sure. your, your family over. And then in 78, he tried to give money to my mom to to escape by boat. Um, and unfortunately, we gave all the stuff, packed it all to the boat, and then we got dropped off on a deserted island, and we are supposed to be there for a few days. And um, we were there for a month, and there was not enough supplies. Um, you know, so, I mean, we were young kids, so we were gallivanting on the sure. beach and stuff like that. Didn't really know the stress that my mom must have gone through. Then um, in one day, the boat in horizon f- signal and, you know, us on the island signal back. Unfortunately, that wasn't the boat we were supposed to be on. That was the communist boat. So all the women and children got held, put in the boat, sent to a concentration camp. And after four days, they released my mom and the three girls. We were all very young and told to make our way home with not very much. And, you know, she literally go one day at a time through the goodness of the villagers that we pass and make our way back to Saigon or Ho Chi Minh as it is now. And then in 1981, uh, my dad finally sponsored us over. So we arrived June of 1981. And how old were you? I was 10. You were 10. Mm -hmm. Wow, I didn't know that part of your story. Yeah, Wow, wow, that part wow. is not unless you I've I've spoke about it a few times, yeah. but it's uh I mean there are way worse story coming from boat people and escape Vietnam, yeah. but for us it was dramatic. I mean we didn't have anything after we came back, and my mom, I guess when you look back, she was entrepreneur. She would sell little things in a little stand, right, mm. and stuff like that. Um, but you don't need much to live in Vietnam, and. I don't. I, I have a very good um, survival uh, instinct. Is that sure. I compartmentalize all of that yeah. and f- 
and just put it in a box and seal it away yeah, until yeah. I need to take it out again. Yeah, so. and I don't want to trauma slime you. No, nope, um, it's, if, it's if you, fine, yeah. You know, I, I, I'm fascinated by it, though. Yeah. Um, your father then was, like, living through the Vietnam War and, and, yeah. Well, yeah. You know, he he was, was part, he was he was part of it. Yeah. yeah. For the for the well, south side with the U.S. Like, yes, that's, that's, that's right. That's the side that that's sees right. that. Yeah. But you, you all were. Yeah. You were born into it. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and you said you have two sisters. Yeah. Uh, at the time, because you also have a brother. Yeah. So you had two sisters, and and you were all quite young living through yeah. that. Oh my gosh, your mom. You know what? I should have your mom on here to <laughs> talk about how relentless she was to like. <laughs> get yeah. through all of that. Yeah. Pretty and incredible. I always say I'm very grateful to my dad for sponsoring us over, taking us over because yeah. a lot of Vietnamese men come over and they have another family and they forgot about their family oh, in Vietnam. Wow. So wow. I'm very grateful to my life here in Edmonton. Yeah. And Did your dad come to Edmonton? Yep. Oh, he wow. came to Montreal first okay. and then in 78, he moved to Edmonton. Yeah. Um, so because my parents... My mom was a French teacher in Vietnam, and okay. my dad was also fluent in French. So mm-hmm. both of them speak French and English. Yeah. So when we were growing up, there was not many languages we could speak that they didn't understand. Right. So for, for a while there, my sister and I spoke Pic Latin. <laughs> nice. I don't remember it anymore. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, we did. Just, just to say something that my parents wouldn't get. Sure, but, uh, sure. Yeah. Um, I've been to Vietnam. Yeah, in it's a beautiful country. Oh, unreal. 91, well, you should come back. Because even when I went back in 2008 was the first time I went back to Vietnam. Mm-hmm. It was a big shock for me. Mm-hmm. And I think that was when I had the shock of, you know, going to the war museum, right. visiting the Mesolo. Like all of that was very traumatic. And the memory came back. Mm-hmm. And then when I went back to Vietnam for a bike trip uh, through central coast of Vietnam with my husband in 2019... I had the most amazing time, and yeah. I avoided all of the war stuff. Right, right. <laughs> it's like, I don't. And I, I did go see all that stuff because, yeah. as, you know, yeah, we were there. And um, to be honest with you, I found it was just very propaganda filled in 1991. Oh, right? oh it still is. It still would yeah. be. Yeah. Um, and then we ended up doing a tour of the the Ho Chi Minh uh, tunnels, the Kuchi tunnels, the yeah. Kuchi tunnels. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh! Like, I, I, just anyways. Um, yeah. Interesting story. I did not know that that's how you got here. Yeah. I did not know. So um, I'm very thankful as well that your father yeah. was, is a good man. Yep. Did the right thing. Um, so what did your folks do for work? Like so your dad my dad is very artistic. So he works for the city of Edmonton sign shop. That's okay. what he worked uh, for, for most of his career. Yeah. And my mom came here and um, June and then she got a job at a cookie factory, Sunland Foods. Mm. I don't know if you remember no. on Yellowhead. So they make cookies. Oh, I do remember that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they. Yeah, she was there for over 20 years, wow. I would say. And in 2016, no, in 2004, they shut down Sunland. Okay. And I remember my mom was really afraid, like, how is she going to get a job now and and stuff like that. Uh 2004, eight, I can't yeah. remember. <laughs> and, um, and I remember telling her, because I was a business owner already at that time, and I said, Mom, every, any employer would be happy to have you because yeah. tr- we, we can train, but what we can't train is hard work and the work desire. Yeah. yeah, the work ethic is, yeah. Is, yeah. is bar none, the most important thing. Yeah. So I gave her the pep talk. My sister Cecilia did the resume, and my sister Anta, who was selling homes, introduced her to Jamin Homes, um, Homes by Abby, actually. And she became their file clerk mm. for the longest time yeah. and probably have the most fun, got yeah. good benefits yeah. until the economy went this way right. in 15, 16, 16, I think. I think yeah. yeah, and so she got the layoff yeah. and then retire. Then retire. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, she took uh, English at uh, with the Alberta Vocational Center that I was telling you about. Right. So that was Norquest at that time. And, right. Which you and are, take the bus. Which you she are take, heavily involved in. Which I am heavily involved in mm-hmm. now. And I had no, no idea until like 2020 that mm-hmm. that was the connection. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, she, uh, she takes the bus. She works from 3 to 11. My dad worked... 8.30 to 4.30. Yeah. And that's how 
that's how my parents paid awesome. for us. I mean, we didn't have a lot. Sure. And we never have welfare or any of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but we always have good food. Sure. That's one thing that we've always been well taken care of yeah. is the food. Yeah. And uh, yeah. It's an incredible story. Incredible story. All right. Thanks for being on the podcast. No, this is about you. (laughs) (laughs) This is about you. Now we're going to talk about you. Uh, Little Catherine, growing up in Edmonton, Mm -hmm. you come in, uh, you're doing your schooling. Uh, What did, you know, what was that that like for you being being a a young immigrant coming Mm -hmm. in? Probably didn't speak English. Right. No, we, we, when we knew we were coming to Canada in 81, um, we did have English lessons in Vietnam, but all we could say was yes and no and stuff. Thank you. Right. Sure. And just like the one thing that I realized the difference is when we were in Vietnam, it's like so many people Mm. and we came to Canada and my dad lived in a one bedroom apartment in downtown. Mm. So we had no one. When he goes to work, it's just the four of us, yeah. right? And yeah. walk down the hill, you know, and uh, it was very isolating. Yeah. And you just watch TV. And one of the funny stories I remember was going downtown with my, my family and looking for Jay-Z Penny. Mm. There's no such thing right. in it. <laughs> right. But you saw a commercial. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, let's go shopping. Yeah. And we asked and the lady said, I don't think that store is here. Yeah. Yeah. But so yeah. you were learning a lot of English off the TV. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. And I mean, we watched Princess Diana's wedding. Mm, yeah. and that was magical for us to yeah. have a real life princess on That's TV. Right. Um, but you know what? We were, the three of us were like 10, 9, 8. Yeah. And we lived downtown, but we went to school in St. Catharines, mm. which is far. And then yeah. we moved there eventually. Yeah. But we take buses. Yeah, and yeah, we yeah. always seem to go to school far away. And my parents can't drive us. And so we the are, first winter was probably like, what the heck is happening here? Yeah. We, well, we don't know any better. Right. I don't remember complaining about winter. You know what? I love Edmonton yeah. in all weathers. Yeah, yeah, Minus yeah. 50, I'm still out there. Yeah, which is So great. it's not a I don't remember that ever being a problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, I'm just assuming as a 10-year-old, you're like, what is happening right now? And probably, for some but reason, I don't remember that. For some reason, you're saying, yeah, learning English. I'm going to the movie Good Morning Vietnam. Yeah. Do you remember that movie mm-hmm. with Robin Williams where he taught English because he wanted to get close to that girl? Yeah. There's some of the funniest scenes ever in that movie, right? Just him teaching him bad words. I think it was so funny. Yeah. And uh, so yeah, good. no, it's, uh, yeah, I think that's how I learned English. But you know what? My dad was very... Um, strict mm. on that. He wants us to acclimatize really quickly yeah, to yeah. to Edmonton, so we were not allowed to speak Vietnamese at well, home. Interesting, interesting. And then we don't know Vietnamese, and then he's like, "Why don't you guys know Vietnamese?" And it's like, "Well, it's because you stop us from speaking." Well, about you can, it. You, you know Vietnamese early. Well, now I do, but I yeah. would I would say I think in English. Right. So if I have to. S- to give you, talk to you in 100% Vietnamese, it's going to take a long That's time. That's interesting. So yeah. I can speak Vietnamese with English word putting in because I can't think about it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I went to Vietnam and I was okay, but there's different region of Vietnam that I speak Vietnam, Vietnamese and they speak Vietnamese and we don't understand. Well, there's different dialects, right? <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. That's what I know whenever I went there, which yeah. not that it's I It's very much about, like d- here. Different dialects, different... Yeah. Areas of the country have yeah. different, yeah. I find that very interesting that you came here not speaking English, only Vietnamese, and that you've essentially yeah. lost it in those 40 years. Yeah. Not lost it, but like lost yeah. a lot of it, right? Yeah. I, I, Would you, you, you'd consider yourself bilingual or no? Eh. Meh, meh. I, because I feel like bilingual, you should be able to speak it and write and read it. Yeah. Yeah. And I can read it, but very, can I get the complete sentence, you gotta not really, hard, right? Yeah. Like, so yeah. I, I get better. If, like, if after being in Vietnam for two weeks or three weeks, yeah. I'm a lot better at yeah. it. But I wouldn't call. Like, I would say I speak mostly English, and yeah, I yeah. know Vietnamese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Like, I'm learning Spanish right now on Duolingo, yeah. Yeah. just because we go to a lot of Spanish countries. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it's time that I yeah. learn a little bit about. That's it, interesting. Yeah. All right, you're going through high school. What are your dreams? What are your aspirations, Catherine? You know what? I'm one of those people that don't really dream. Like I don't sit there and f- and fantasize what my life would be. But I did know I wanted six kids, and oh. then I had zero kids because after having my brother, I was like, oh, I'm good. <laughs> 
you know, so I never have kids. So, but I'm a grandma, which is the best okay. because I get to be a grandma without having to have kids. You'll have to and explain about this that. to me. So my husband ha- has kids oh, and I... So I your husband has children. Yeah. Okay. Because so, I was going to say, yeah. you haven't had children. You're saying, <laughs> but, I'm but, but I'm a grandma. <laughs> I'm confused by it all. I'm not the coldest beer in the fridge, so it yeah. doesn't take long to confuse I know, me. But that's like I think that's the best gig you can have is oh, being a grandma and so not having to be a parent. Why not, eh? <laughs> why not? But uh, yeah, so so you have stepchildren. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so when I was in high school, I knew I can't be a doctor because blood and needles scares me to death. Yeah. yeah. And. I, I'm not a good engineer. I'm yeah. not going to be a lawyer because I tried debate and that didn't go well. Okay. Um, even though people say I'm argumentative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so then I went to school. I graduated from U, uh, UVA with accounting degree because okay. that was what I, the only thing that I think I could be good at because I was very shy mm. and in those days. Yeah. So, Accounting, they come onto campus and they recruit you. Yeah. I worked at McDonald's from the time I was 14 until I was 21. Work ethic. Yeah. Work ethic. Because that's the only place I could get a job. I love McDonald's. It's great training grounds. Um, I, have, they, I have heard this from so many people that have worked there that, that basically it's a great employer. Mm-hmm. And it it just teaches you so many things, and it's about teamwork, and they treat you well, and all that type of stuff. Yeah. So that, that, I, I made three thirty an hour. Yeah, and half my checks go to my mom for just to, to help. Just for the mom tax. Yeah, yeah. just the mom tax. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know what? Uh, so that's how I I make my way through university with scholarship and McDonald, mm-hmm. um, working at McDonald's, and then I graduated and I didn't get a job with the accounting firms and. That was kind of the end of that of, accounting of, of career. Accounting. <laughs> to the end of that didn't start. Back yeah. to McDonald's. Yeah. What's your favorite McDonald's meal? Like, what's your favorite McDonald's food? Oh, it was French fries. Mm. McDonald's fries with uh, mayo and, and ketchup. Oh, interesting with the mayo. But, I'm a big. Uh, but I can't even eat I'm McDonald's big, fries now. Yeah, I, I, you know what? Honestly, I don't hit McDonald's a lot because yeah. of the way it makes you feel. But I'll tell you that the cheeseburger. Oh my gosh! It's so Never good. my thing. I want McDonald's nuggets and chicken right now. Chicken, chicken burgers. McNuggets. I, I want McDonald's right now. I wish we would have brought this in. If I would have known <laughs> that you had a, 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 a semi career there, we would have brought this in. Okay, then you want to be an accountant. You take accounting, but you don't become an accountant. No. Nope. What happens? What do you do? I graduated ninety four, and I tried to get a job, and I couldn't get any jobs. Okay. Nothing, and I remember applying for a marketing job. Um, at an IT company owned by an accounting firm. Okay. So they kind of come full circle, and I was making $8 an hour. Yeah. And my friends at IGA was making $20 an hour, and I was thinking something's wrong with this picture. Right. But it's a job, and so I said I would be there for three years, and they give me that opportunity. And I've never done any marketing in my life, but I was doing publisher ad, you know, the fax. We would fax out advertising for our IT company. And I remember sitting there and there was two consultant techs that was on payroll and they just sat there. And in those days, not it's, it's dial-up modem. You're not right. going to have, like you have to go out to get billable hours. That's right. And they were sitting there and uh, I was like, this is not a good model. And the third year in, um, we hire a senior person to be a sales guy and he's the typical sales guy, Right. And he was 30 years my senior, and he said, you know what? You could do this on your own. And I, I didn't have the entrepreneur mind. I just wasn't thinking that. But I, So I went to my boss who, was a, who owned the accounting firm and said, you know, give me bonus based on what – because by then I was doing a lot of the work there. Mm-hmm. And he said no, and I'm like, okay, well, here's my resignation. And so that salesperson and I left to own – to start Proactive Computer Solution in 1997 hmm. with $1,000 in our credit card, and he taught me how to cold call. Yellow it, it's page. It's an art form, isn't it? You take the yellow page and just one, just it's all about dials. Yeah, and, and for those of you that don't know what a yellow page is, it was a book <laughs> that had yellow pages with businesses in it. That's right. And it was alphabetical. Exactly. 
And you know what? My, honestly, my kids would have no idea what a yellow page is. So yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, and it it was an invaluable skill because mm-hmm. then I learned to be unattached to the no and mm-hmm. trying to get to the yes really quick. Right. So that's how we build our business: like one client at a time, one hour at a time. And um, a lot of the clients, or even not even clients, I build a relationship because I literally would call like if there was a good and like a semi good lead and they're not screaming at me or something yeah, yeah, on the phone. Yeah. I keep them on the list and I checked in and some that's how some of my biggest clients started. Yeah. And you some of why? those clients I still you know. Were relentless in and my you yeah, kept calling until back. they tell me, you know, get lost. Yeah. I, I, I would uh I would do it. And I transferred that skill over to fundraising right. for charities. Yes. For all my crazy causes that yeah. I have a team and yeah. I would just call and ask like one hour, one one donation at a time. And yeah. I, my first thing that I fundraised for for, for this EIBC Run for the Cure. Okay. So, you know, we we didn't, I, I raised 150. I thought that was good. By the by my eighth year doing Run for the Cure, I think I raised like 7,500 on my own. Right. And uh, so over the course of raising funds for Run for the Cure with my team, I think we raised, I don't know, 40, 50,000 for them. Mm-hmm. So, um but I didn't have an attachment to the cost. It was just I was invited, and that's that's usually how I get in into all the stuff. I get it. I get invited to either right. donate or participate, and then I'm like, oh, this is pretty cool. Yeah. Let's put a team together. Which I think is going to happen at the <laughs> You Can Use Services Comedy Nights that you bought a table for. I sure did. And you're yeah, gonna I'm, I'm love an, it. My husband called. I'm an easy sale because yeah. you know what. I co-call. So right. if you're calling me and that's what I need, why why waste time? Let's just get it done, right? So that's kind of like my attitude. Mm-hmm. But um, but cold calling is an art form and not everybody can do it. And what's interesting I that I'm finding with our employment programs that you can, because as you know, yeah. like we, we're trying to get young people jobs. Yeah, You got to make cold calls. Young people today want to just do on their phone. They just want to type on their phone. They just... They struggle with this communication skill of actually picking up a telephone and calling somebody or sitting and having a conversation and looking into someone's eyes. They mm-hmm. struggle. So we that's one thing we do. We we make them cold call people. But you know, I learned that if you want to have really good conversation with teens, you shouldn't try to get them to look at your eyes. Uh, it depends. It's side but, by side is better for Side teens. by side. Listen, in a vehicle, in a vehicle is, is a great way because yeah. they can't escape. <laughs> If you're moving. Well, I don't think of it as escape, but I do have the best conversation (laughs) with my nieces and my brother uh, because I used to pick him up from university all the time. Yeah. Yeah. No, when you're driving. But it's very important because I will tell you, and you know this as an employer, so often today, and, and I've been reading some studies on this recently, you may not have the skills they're looking for, like as far as the technical skills, mm-hmm. but they believe that that's teachable. The personality, the the communication sometimes is not teachable or it takes way too long. And if a young person can walk in with some of these skills, they're going to be ahead of somebody even maybe with the technical skills yeah, because they feel like they can communicate and teach the technical skills, right? Yeah, and that's how I hire for my techs too. Like, Because yeah. like I said, I didn't have that... I, I wasn't technical, mm-hmm. but I was just in doing marketing for an IT company. Sure. Then I started an IT company and I was like, Okay, you're jumping the gun. We'll get there in a second. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt the Relentless Podcast, everybody, although this is a very good message. We want you to go and check out our Relentless merchandise store. That's right, we have launched a merchandise store for all of our Relentless garb. We've got t shirts. We've got hoodies, we've got crew necks, we've got hats, we've got toques, and we're going to be coming out with some more merchandise in the very near future. So please, www.youcan.ca, that's Y-O-U-C-A-N.ca. When you get to the website, you look up to the top right corner, I think it says buy our merch, hit that button, boom, it'll take you there. We really want you to wear our stuff. One, because every dollar raised goes directly into our programming for the young people we work with. And two, because it's a conversation starter for you. When you wear it, people are going to go, what's relentless? You can then brag about how you support an incredibly good organization helping young people. And then you can talk about how you are relentless in your life. That's what we want. We don't want us to just be relentless. We want you to be relentless too. Thanks for your support, and we appreciate you helping us out. Now, back to the show. 
you're doing cold calls, you're making sales, you're building yeah. this company. Yeah. Then what? And then 2002, my partner says, I'm done. You're going to jail. What? Because I haven't filed tax. And I was like, that was the only thing he did was the accounting of our business. I did everything else. And I was like, oh my God. What, okay, hang on. <laughs> you don't just drop that on a fella. <laughs> That's the story. Like, did you go do some time? No, I okay. didn't. Cause no, you're, but cause that, you're talking that... like you're like, on the, you know. <laughs> I did not I do think time. Like, I don't know if you're tough or not, but you're like, yeah, orange is the new black. That was me. <laughs> it's like, come on. No. But you just said but that's, that, that was that was the phrase, and I was like, "Oh my god!" And so then, this, this this guy didn't do the taxes for the whole five six years. You guys I, were I in don't business. know. Uh, that's that's what he says to me. Okay. But I think he did uh, because I I didn't go to jail, okay. and that we were in trouble. Okay. Uh, but I realized I didn't have any contact. I was in my little bubble with yeah. my company and my clients, but I don't know anything around me. And like, let's explain again. What was that like? What were you doing with that company? Because I think whenever we use the term IT, yeah. it is wide ranging. Yeah. Like what is that? What does that even so mean? So for us, um, at that time, we would do accounting support because sure. we came from an accounting background. Right. So we use we we support a lot of accounting software. But then we realized when you're doing accounting software, it sits on the infrastructure of IT, okay. and that's how we start doing computers, network support, and and we were doing that like desktop, network, server. Mm-hmm. Accounting software. We do Check. all that. And <laughs> that's that's how... I mean, I even learned how to take the computer off and put RAM in and stuff yeah. just because I need to know because I have no idea. Right. And um, But I'm pretty logical brain and so I can problem solve a lot of issues. And computer... I remember when I took uh, Microsoft 3.1 training course yeah. and realized, oh... You should, if you're if you're in trouble, you just go to help, and it, there's stuff that you could do. Whereas from the DOS world in the '90s, you type in a command that's wrong and just says bad command, but you don't have any instruction on how to move to the next thing. You're right, stuck. Right. I mean, DOS. I hate DOS. Right. It's not my friend. <laughs> right, right. But when I learned about Windows 3.1, I was like, oh, you know, if if you just kind of do this. How bad could it be? Like yeah. that's usually my 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 go to is okay. If I do this, what's the worst case that could happen? That's usually my decision making. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I thought this is great. So that's how we were just supporting help desk support, and. But but I like the how like what's the worst <laughs> that could happen as part of your, because I actually think that that's entrepreneurship. I actually, uh, I'm, I'm serious yeah. when I say that. Like even even me running the charity that I run, with all the support that we have, like mm-hmm. I say me running it, so many people that run it. But to be a risk taker in business, yeah. sometimes you have to think, what's the worst that could happen? Yeah. And let's go for it, right? So it's interesting. Well, that, that was my, uh, how I got with my company, how I started. It's like, okay, if I fail, if I do this and I fail, what's the worst that could happen? Right. And I thought, well, I can go home, live with my mom and dad. Sure. My Good mom food. at that time. Great food. And you know, and I'm like, I'm okay with that that problem. So yeah. I so I did it. I didn't think I was entrepreneurial, and I f- call myself the accidental entrepreneur. I mean, Jay Downton was here, yeah. and like he's entrepreneurial. Mm-hmm. Like he's mm-hmm. always thinking that wasn't me. But I'm very good at solving problem, listening to my gut. I have phenomenal instinct mm-hmm. that I've learned to listen to over the year. Because every time I don't it bites me in the butt. So sure. now it's like, yeah, if, if that voice is talking to me, I pause. But this is you learn, right? Experience yeah. gives Experience, you that, yeah. Right? You know, like. So you didn't go to jail. I didn't go thank to jail, God, thank God. I don't know if you And I didn't, I, I didn't know a lawyer. So then my sister, husband, recommended a lawyer. Mm-hmm. And it was McClendon and Ross. Because he'd been to jail. No, oh, no he, he was a negotiator. Nobody in my family has gone think, to jail, thank think, God. Okay, now yes. we've, okay the yeah, world so knows let's that make that clear. Make that clear. Nobody has gone to jail. Um, and uh, do you, do you think, how do you think you'd do in jail? Do you think you'd be like, do you think you'd survive? Like, you think you'd be tough in there? I, I think I, I would survive oh, because I'm a survivor. That's true. That's true. I would do what it takes to survive. I think I, I think, wouldn't get I in trouble. Because, like, like you're quite, And I can read people. 
Yeah. So, and the thing is too, like you're, you're, you're like, you're quite petite. Yeah. So I think you surprise people, right? Because <laughs> well, I'm not saying, but people would just be like, what? And you just be like, mm-hmm. yeah. like, I think, I think you do. Okay. I think you do. Okay. Okay. Maybe. Back, back to the other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so this, the, your, the, the, your business partner's done. Yep. And then you, so this, my, my this lawyer company says, is done? Yeah, yeah. My lawyer says, you know, he wants to shut down the company. You have a right to earn a living. So that's the best case scenario. So proactive IT management was started August 2nd, 2003. So we're 20 years last year. Wow. And, and from that day, I learned that I need to build a network. The importance of having someone when you're in trouble or, you know, it's, it's so critical. Mm. So then I start a lot of networking and I did networking. I, I had a networking buddy who was a male and myself because it's very intimidating to be a woman in IT going to a room for networking because it's all men and I feel uncomfortable coming up to a group of men and start talking. Mm. So then my networking buddy would say, hey, in this is Catherine, yeah. and then I can take over. Sure. But it's just that, that initial, initial thing step of yeah. coming. Because yeah. it's scary, right? Like, yeah. what are they thinking? And, and being a woman in IT, I don't notice it half the time because I just kind of do my thing. Mm. I've, I've never looked at other companies that, oh, I should be more like that. I just do what feels right for me, and that's how I run my company is – one day at a time, one plan. I didn't have a business plan when I started. I, when you I, started 20 years ago or just over 20 years ago, yeah. who, it was just you? Yeah. It's just still just you. me. Uh, no, I have techs. I have, I've always have contractors. Okay. Because that's how I, I never had employees that are doing the work. Okay. Right? So all my IT techs are contractors. Okay. And I still have them to this day. Yeah. Because I believe there's... I don't want to watch what they do on the hours because they're on my time kind sure. of thing. So I feel like they, they, they know best how to solve a problem and I'm not going to tell them how to do things because I'm not technical. Right. I'm computer illiterate. I used to pay people to type my paper right. in university, right. right? Like the fact that I, from university, that girl to running an IT company, it's quite funny. Mm-hmm. Like I think all my university friends would laugh because yeah. they're like, that is totally... But that's life, right? Like right. what's in your path? You you take a, you go down a path and So how many contractors do you have? I I have five mm-hmm. currently. Yeah. And that are core. And yeah. then I we do other solutions. So then I would get contractor. And it's just I have a relationship with these people for years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh yeah. So then So we're we're just a small team of eight. Yep. But but yet you so then you go out. You're the one though that's going out and getting the contracts and mm-hmm. doing the negotiation yes. and doing all that. Because stuff, I right? feel like I'm not technical. Most of my clients aren't technical, so I can speak their language. Yeah, and they understand. just they know what they need. Yeah. They don't know how to get it. Yeah. So then I come home, come back to my office, yeah. and I translate. I, I ask my tech what solution to provide right. for the clients i was gonna say yeah not home because i yeah. do all your techs <laughs> no. live at your home no no actually i never even be, have a home business a, that'd be a weird business i never start from home even like the first day of my company i had an office yeah. because in those days i would be too distracted i would be mm. watching tv instead mm-hmm. of of working well you'd right? be watching yeah commercials like jc penny <laughs> <laughs> but i don't do that anymore so i i work from home I could work from home, but I do both. But I'm the same way. I I work from home. In the morning, Well, of course, during COVID, we all had to a little bit. But not me because I I was an essential service. So I literally go go. to my office every day and I was the only one there, but hey. And we were were out of the office for three months and I was like, no, we have to be seeing our young people. So we went back. But uh, there was a time at UCAN where I was at, I worked from home for about eight months and I, I, I couldn't stand it. Like it was just, I didn't, I, I felt like I wasn't motivated at times and I, I love being around people and I just really struggled with it. Where I have friends that work, they love it, can't get yeah. enough of it. They get so much done. Yeah. They think it's incredible. Um, I'm good either way. I prefer uh, yeah. the office. I like, but- the, I, I like, and I mean, hey, I'm in and out of the office all the time, all the time. Um, but you know, it's so funny I say this. I do a lot of work at home. I do do a lot of work because I do feel like I work a lot. 
Um, and I do my best work. The best proposals I've ever written to the government are between 11 o'clock at night and 2 a.m. Mm. Because, because I'm a smoker. Remember I told you I'm a yeah. smoker? and you, yeah. you you said polluting your lungs. Yeah, you, you basically <laughs> made me feel like an absolute piece of hot garbage for it. I did that? not. You did. You no, did. I, just, yes, I, just, did. I just said, are you done polluting your lungs? I know. Which and is you the truth. You told me how bad it was for me and you made fun of me. Regardless, people know that I'm a smoker. So I will sit in my garage and I type on my computer and I – and I write proposals and I hack darts. And but to, if I had to do it all the time, I, I just wouldn't. Be yeah, able to do I, it. I like the choices, and yes. I, I do work from home for the convenience. Yeah. If I'm, I'm all about efficiency. So if mm. I have to drive somewhere for half an hour to go back for forty five minutes, I was like, oh, I'll just sit here and do this. Sure. Because I'm close, right? Sure. So, Where's your Where's your office? Is that? And we're in the south side of okay. Argyle and 88th Street. Oh, okay. So this was yeah. a bit of an inconvenience to come for the podcast. Oh. Sorry. I came from home because I I had meetings from home go. on Zoom, and then I just came. It's eighteen minutes. There so. you go. Okay. Okay. Well, I appreciate you doing it. <laughs> I'll do it for you, though. Kat. Thank you, Catherine. <laughs> what What's your favorite part about being a business owner? Um. The autonomy mm. that I get because I I always value my business for the flexibility gave me. Sure. When I was when it was in the early days, I appreciate the flexibility of going to doctor's office with my uh, office uh, appointment with my mom for my brother. Sure. I don't need to do that anymore because she's she does most of it now. Um and less doctor appointments, more like activities. Mm-hmm. Um but that was really important to me. The flexibility of the opportunity of meeting other businesses I love and just like sometimes 50% of my work is philanthropy and <laughs> and 50 is actual work mm. but this year I'm, I'm going to be more focused on proactive and building on our foundation mm-hmm. that's see I'm, I'm putting it out there yes. so now I have to now you have to now people can hold me accountable well, to it well there's probably 11 people that listen to my podcast <laughs> So they'll. Oh, that's 11 more. That's 11 They said people. you have to say it out loud. 12, including me. <laughs> I'm going to keep you accountable, though. Um, do you, you know, because I, I, I agree with you with the autonomy, because I mean, you can as a charity. I don't own it, but, but being the executive, there's a lot of freedom, there's a lot of flexibility. Mm-hmm. And like you talked about with the, you know, medical appointments with your brother and stuff like that. For me, it was whenever my kids were playing hockey or playing sports, I was like, oh, I can sneak away and I can get mm-hmm. them to practice and do all that type of stuff. But there, it is hard though sometimes, isn't it? Like it's, there's pressure. Oh know? yeah. Cause I used to be a workaholic. Like right. if before my husband, I could probably work till 11 at night and come home at that time because I, I can just sit and work. And mm. I, over the year and maturity, I've learned to prioritize fitness, health, mm-hmm. family connections. Mm-hmm. So I do leave at a time, but I like, if there's, a, I'm on my phone, I can do a quick email. I travel more now, but I never, when I had my business, I never did one travel until I was in 2008, Right. went to Vietnam and that just opened a whole new world. Mm-hmm. Right. So then that flexibility. How long have you been married? If you don't mind me I've asking. been married for, April will be six years. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah, so we're yeah. relatively new. Yeah. But at the same time, feels like a long time. Yeah, well, that's what marriage is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming up on 28 years. Yes. And I know what you're Congrats. thinking. What? Well, did you I get was married? A, I, you're thinking, did you get married when you were 10, Kyle? No, I, that, did, oh. that, that thought didn't cross my mind. Okay. <laughs> I did get married young. 23. Well, that's not young. Nah, that's young my now. My wife maybe. was nineteen. Oh, what yeah, a, she she screwed up. <laughs> she like she was she just didn't know yeah. any better. Like I was because I was kind of like I was her first boyfriend. Like she screwed mm. up bad. But I like that you've been married for six years and it has helped kind of. Yeah, and and age regulate too. regulate. Yeah, yeah, because my husband values uh, time together, and we are mm. out. We're walking. We do a lot of stuff together, yeah. and. Uh, so we're very compatible in mm. how much stuff we want to do in life. What's your husband's name? Arvind. Ar- Arvind? Yeah, Arvind. I like that name. Yeah. What, 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 is it? what nationality is that? He's Punjabi. Oh, nice. Arvind. I like that. Mm-hmm. I like it. Where'd your kids meet? On a blind date. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, we have, we have a great love story. 
Like well, I, you know what? Tell us then. I was in a relationship for 22 years okay. and, and then that ended because we were two different people and, mm. you know, just grow apart. Yeah. And um, I remember getting a life coach and six months into the coaching, she's like, you need to go on three first date. And I was like, no, I'm good. <laughs> I love life. I, I'm very independent. Yeah. I don't need anyone in my life. I'm, I have lots. <laughs> mm-hmm. And she's like, no, you need to go on three first date. And since I pay her good money to give me life lessons. <laughs> you felt like you had to listen. <laughs> yeah. So Even anyway. Even to the annoying Yeah, exactly. So I did the homework. I sent message to my friends that I need to go on three blo- first dates. Yeah. And they all know about it. And the, the, the guys that I went, I went on three first date. I got a dinner date with Arvind, a coffee date, and a lunch date. All Thanksgiving 2015. <laughs> like with three different dudes? Yep. Okay. Yeah. So on one weekend? On one weekend, Ooh, yeah. Busy lady. I, I just got it done because yeah. that's my homework. Next week I also, have to talk you, to you, my... <laughs> you already said you're, you like efficiency. I, I'm efficient. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. I got a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Book it. Exactly. And, yeah. So that's uh, how we met. Uh, and Arvind won. Was the f- won, dinner won. date, and I was. We had a lovely date, and I was good with that. Yeah. I thank him, and then two weeks later, he says he's tell the story better than I do, okay. and he's gonna listen and said, "Yeah, I yeah. do," but he says, "Hey, are you done with your interviews? Because I like a second interview." <laughs> That's a great line. <laughs> and I was like, yes. I love that he even knew. I love oh, yeah. that. Oh, know. yeah. I was very, I'm, that's one thing about me. I'm very upfront. No, so, like, what so, you see is what you get. It's, it's no secret. So you scene. went with these three different dudes. And you're like, listen, you're one of three this weekend. I'm giving this a go. The life coach told me, like, I love that. Yeah. They, they know. Yeah. And I love that Arvind was like, how are the interviews going? I'd like to, uh, <laughs> you know, he was relentless. He was relentless. So now we need to have your mom on here. Yeah. And we need to have him on here. So yeah. he, call, he calls and you're like, all right. No, I, I said, no, I'm, 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 I'm busy. I'm done, but thank you. Hard and, to get. Uh, and yeah, I was, I, I, I literally thought my life was complete. Like I yeah. didn't need a person in my life. And so I kept him at text because I'm a phone person and yeah. a face-to-face person. Yeah. So I thought if I keep him at text, maybe he'll go away. Yeah. And... <laughs> He didn't. He didn't. <laughs> and uh, I think the line that got me was because um, I was protect, like I was very protective sure. of my independence. Sure. And he goes, "I know who you are. I know that what you need to do. I know you want to fly up in in the sky and see what everything. I want to be the wings beneath your wings." And Beaches was my favorite all-time movie mm-hmm. and when i heard that i'm like holy shit i'm screwed mm-hmm. <laughs> i feel like we should be playing bet midler right now <laughs> do you think he stalked you a little bit and knew that that was your favorite movie no okay. he wouldn't have known because no one would like so how, how would you know that this was there is no way even if you stalk someone you wouldn't mm-hmm. know that about what movie they watch or anything you never know no well, well regardless yeah but that was Got yeah you. but you know what i'm very grateful that he chased me because um He's perfect for me and he does love me for exactly who I am. And I can do all the things that I can do because he does all the things that I don't like to do. So oh, I got a big smile on my face because when you're talking about him, I can just see the love. Yeah. I think no, it's, it's amazing. True. Yeah, no, we are we are very much compatible and alike in that and we, we want to just squeeze every bit of life. Good. And not everybody likes that. <laughs> Good. I think it's great. I think yeah. it's awesome for you. Um, I love that that he dropped that. You know, you are. I want to be the wind beneath your wings. I think it's yeah. fantastic. That's yeah. um, really good. Let's talk philanthropy. Mm-hmm. You're very community orientated. You get involved with a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you talked about the run for the cure. You weren't super attached to it, but you were like, ah, somebody asked you to. Let's let's not even talk attachment because there is something you're very involved with that you're mm-hmm. that you're really attached to, which, which is yeah. the, the Nor- Northwest. But why is philanthropy important to you? Why is that giving back or raising money or net, bringing networks of people together? Why why 
Why does it matter to you? You know what? Um, I never thought uh, the impact of those villagers that helped my mom with food, with a little money for us to make our way home, what that impact does for me internally um, until I'm like older. But I, I knew I always wanted to give back. And I love Edmonton. Like mm. I love everything about Edmonton, the mm. River Valley. And I love showcasing all the fun things of Edmonton. I think it's a great Edmontonian <clears throat> take Edmonton for granted. And they, they go to work, they go home, and they don't do anything. And then they mm. say Edmonton is lame, right? But we're four hours from the mountains. I love the mountains. Mm. So I love everything Edmonton. And my community started when my brother was born in 91 with Down syndrome. And I didn't know anything about Down syndrome. And we didn't know he was going to be Down syndrome until after he was born. Right. And I remember going to the library and looking up Down syndrome and was called Mongoloid should be institutionalized. Like those things hurt you mm -hmm. when my parents finally got the boy that they wanted. So I remember saying to my mom as we were raising Daniel that if we want to raise Daniel the best of ability, we need to be in committees and volunteers and be part of organizations so that we're in the know. Because if you don't, you don't, right? right. So I got involved with uh, Inclusion Alberta, which was Alberta Association for Community Livings or okay. something at that time, and Family Voices. So that's how we start volunteering and going, showing up for Down syndrome meetings and Gateway, and the volunteering just starts. And, and, like I said, I don't sit there and go, oh, I, I want to do this or dream. I just, it just comes to me and then I just, I just do it, right? So, but in the back of my mind, the philanthropy was always something that I really care about and really was drawn to. But I didn't know, to me, philanthropy means you have to be a millionaire, mm. like have millions to mm. give. And over the course of my 30 years of being involved in it, it's, it has nothing to do with that. No. It's time, talent, and treasure. Mm. How are you going to contribute? So when you don't have money, you can give your time yep. or your treasure yep. or your talents. You don't need money to, yep. to do that. And yep. so that's how I started was one very similar to my business, one hour at a time. We are not a managed service company. We want to earn your business every hour and grow with you as you grow. We don't want the retainer. It's easier if you give us a retainer as an IT company, but as a business owner, I wouldn't pay for that service, so I couldn't really right. ask my clients. So that's kind of like my philosophy the whole time. And yeah, and then 2019, I created my own foundation with Edmonton Community Foundation. And I was like, oh my God, I have a foundation. I didn't think that was possible, but I did it. And... Mm. And, I, I, and that's the thing of relentless is, is just keep doing the thing. Keep being consistent on whatever that is that your heart is pulling you to. Mm -hmm. And the, the cumulative effect of that, like at 52, it's like, whoa, okay. So I was dropping crumbs and just following the crumbs and sure. it leads to where I am. But it, I think it just the gratitude to Edmonton and the, the love for Edmonton because I'm very local in yes. my, in my philanthropy yes. because I think that we need to take care of our own backyard first yeah. before we take care of yeah. others. Yeah. And my favorite quote is be the change you wish to see in the world. Mm -hmm. Like I live by that and I feel like all of us have that in us to make the change in us. And then what we do, infect others with our enthusiasm or mm -hmm. you know just sharing it's sharing good gossip as my friend would say oh, that's you know a good way to put it's it. it's gossip but in a good way like because well, when, when you hear gossip it's such a negative term yeah and i like that you flipped it yeah. your friend has flipped it and said sure good gossip, gossip. sure yeah we I share like good that. gossip so yeah gossip about all the good things I, Edmonton sorry has. I'm, i really <laughs> like that share good gossip yeah yeah that could be a podcast Maybe. Like you and your friend need to start a podcast. <laughs> Share good. I'm not even making this up. Share good gossip. That's such. That's so positive. Yeah. Yes. It's so positive. I also like the way you talk about philanthropy. You see, so many people you write think that it's about money, mm -hmm. and you have to be rich. 
mm-hmm. to give. And it's not that at all. It's not, it's, it, it is about, some of it's about money, right? Yeah. I, I raise money for a living. If you have it. Yeah, Listen, if you have it. I raise money it. for a living. Yeah. I do. And, and people are going to get tired of me in the next year on this podcast talking about it because mm-hmm. we will be going potentially into a capital campaign and we want to buy a building. We need money. Yeah. So I want people to become monthly donors because $25 a month, 87 cents a day if I can break it down, <laughs> it isn't that much. See, 1,000 women were $87 a but month. But 1,000 <laughs> people doing that is $300,000 a year. Yeah. That's philanthropy. Yeah. But people think you have to give these big, huge gifts. Now, that's part of it. Yeah. But I love how you talked about the, the talent and the time. And, and the treasure is the money, mm-hmm. but the talent and the time, right? Yeah. Because so I used to just volunteer. That was my time. That's it. But that's philanthropy. My time. And, and I do a lot of crazy, like, six-hour of fitness mm. for Busta Move for cancer. Mm. I rappel down the Sun Place building for Easter Seal. Right. Because I was afraid of height. Right. So and that would push me over yourself. the comfort. Yeah. And yeah, and we raised lots of money yeah. for all of that. And yeah. it's 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 not just you, right? Like I did I raise a lot of money by myself, but yeah. I also put a team together. Sure. So the cumulative effect. Sure. But like you said, monthly donor if I if a hundred people give thirty thousand yeah. dollars at twenty five dollars a month. Can we say it again? Eighty seven cents a day. <laughs> That's five lattes. At yeah, Starbucks. Look, I, well, a month. Well, no, no, I'm a Tim Horton. Listen, I'm not fancy like you. Okay. Oh no, I'm I'm not a. Are you? A Tim? I'm not Are a, you? I'm I'm not a Tim Hortons. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I always say, why are why is there a lineup at Tim? Because this guy's like me. Why? But you know, so, I like Starbucks? to support, no. Okay. I, I go to Starbucks for, we go to one for convenience. Yep. But I'm, I I have all the coffee meetings are at local coffee shops. Nice. Okay. Now you're I, making I, me Maybe Starbucks is owned by a, like a, lo, like a, like it's an Edmontonian probably, but it's franchise. a franchise. Yeah. So I like to, to go to all the so local. Tim Hortons. We have a lot. Tim Hortons are a franchise owned by local I know. people. But I like the, my favorite um, coffee shop right now is Mood. Mood. Where's Mood? It's on Belgravia. Okay. It has amazing coffee and amazing croissants. Let's. Oh, I love croissants. I look like a guy who loves croissants. I love croissants. Well, you need to go there. A little warmed up, not oh, toasted, yeah. warmed up. A little Fresh. bit of butter with, with jam. Yeah. Mm, and a cup they of tea. They have all kinds of mm, stuff. Yeah. So it's amazing. Good. So that's my favorite right mood. now. Folks, go to Mood. Listen yeah. up. We're going to pump their tires. You know what I want? <laughs> you, know what, you know what? I want Mood if they're listening. <laughs> to donate a gift card for my silent auction. Everyone go to mood. Everyone go to mood. Do you, um, let, let's, let's. That's good gossip I just did, That's right? good gossip. Yeah. Oh, gosh, I'm stealing that. And I'm going to give you and your friend zero credit. That's fine. <laughs> I think that's such a great saying. Yeah. I really do. The Relentless Podcast is brought to you by You Can Youth Services, which I am very proud to be a part of. You Can Youth Services is an organization that helps young people move out of harm's way and onto a path of economic independence. If you want to learn more about the incredible work that we do with some very vulnerable young people, please go to www.youcan.ca. That's www.youcan.ca. Let's let's talk about uh, Norquest. Mm-hmm. What you're doing, um, yeah. the importance of that. The thousand women. Yeah. Talk about it. Thousand women, a million possibilities. It's been around since 2010. Yeah. And we used to have a luncheon every June, and I know a lot of friends who were part of it, but I was never around in June to go to the luncheon until 2017. Okay. So I went, got a table, and had a fantastic time it was luncheon people all the ladies would dress up and we just like two hours of just pure uplifting energy mm-hmm. and to hear from the student of norquest speak about the impact of norquest mm-hmm. on their lives and how thousand women is responsible for removing the barriers to education for them that was like wow i want to be part so i right away became their thousand dollar donor and you get a yeah, beautiful so, scarf. So explain what this is. Explain how this concept works. Well, a thousand dollar, a thousand women is a million possibility. Right. That was kind of like you're breaking down the thing. Yes. So for a thousand dollars, $87 a month. Mm. 
It's amazing. Right? So you, and you get a scarf, which is like um, community. That you, when you see someone in a scarf, you know that they're a thousand women supporter, yeah. right? Like they're, it, they're, they're in it's your gang. That, yeah, like just like you're relentless. Yes. Gear, yes. like you know that if you wear that, where that come yeah. from in Edmonton, anyways. represent. Yeah, and uh, and then Jody Abbott asked me to join the committee, and who says no to Jody Abbott? <laughs> Powerful, <laughs> right? So I I joined and um, was in the committee, and then I saw the daycare got built. I don't, if you've never been to the Northwest daycare, it's it's phenomenal, and mm-hmm. and that's uh, initiative of Thousand Women. Mm-hmm. And, um, and what that does is, is remove a huge barrier for the student because they used to have to drop their kids off at daycare by taking an hour bus and then another hour to go to school. And this way they can just take the kid into their daycare and then go to class, right? Mm-hmm. Like, can you imagine the barrier mm-hmm. that removes for them? A lot of our young people have that barrier. Yeah. Like they do, even daycare? to get to our program. Daycare is a big barrier. Big, a big, a big so barrier. Norquest had the daycare. And that, so I was sold. <laughs> It's so good. It just makes it so much more accessible. Yes. Right? Accessibility. And you know, education is the equalizer Mm. for everyone to to have that leg up for Mm. their lives. So I just continued doing it. And then over COVID, we, we were looking for a chair. And I was hesitant in putting my hand up for a chair because I... I have a thing of I'm not good enough. That's mm. that's my struggle that I always think Same that here. there's I, I can't do enough. Is that almost that imposter syndrome idea? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's it's um, that's just what I have to live with, right? And I'm like, well, all these chairs are eloquent. They're amazing. I I'm not good at speaking. I don't like to speak out in public. My tenses, my my verbs, my plurals there's a lot of stuff so I didn't want to put my hand up but then finally I said you know I talked to a friend of mine who was big in charity and she said if it scares you I think it'll be good for you because it'll be a a a learning opportunity what's the worst that can happen exactly Mm -hmm. I could I could fail and still give it my best shot right Mm -hmm. so I did and because, yeah, so I did it for two years and I've learned so much and I'm definitely more confident in, in being a leader and, 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 and own the fact of how I run a meeting. Yeah. I'm very, like, on time, like, within an hour of meeting. Like, I don't want to waste people's time because I know t- time is precious. Yeah. And so it's in and out. You know what to do. I, I, I hold you to your word. You tell me. I'm one of those person. You tell me you're going to do something, and do you don't do it. Yeah, it's like okay, I can't trust that person anymore because sure. I give trust very freely. Well, you work in the the world where you bill by the hour. Yeah, and we got to be efficient in that hour. <laughs> Seriously, so that's kind of your let's yeah. Let's that's, go. That's that's my yeah. So you became so, the chair, mm-hmm. and COVID yeah. right, and even <clears throat> 2022, we were our event was supposed to be in June, mm-hmm. and. January to March. Remember, we have all the outbreak of COVID again. I do remember. And we're like, oh my God. So we were going to do it virtual. And like, we can't do it virtual. Like, that's just going to kill us if we did. So we we did an event in September at the college. And people know of Northwest, but they actually never come in. Sure. And you need to go in because it's a fantastic building. And it was so packed. It was good and bad because no one can hear anything, right? And so then we said, okay, we're going to go big. So we went back to the Edmonton Convention Center, but we did an evening event now instead of a lunchtime. So, and yeah, I remember being on stage and looking out at 600, almost 700 people. And I was like, holy, this, the momentum is there. Um, And we're raising money for a thousand women for STEM. STEM, you know, that's my field of of math, science, you know, all of that. And um, so it's a no-brainer to be in that campaign for me. Uh, To lead that was just like the right fit. I I feel like I've been lucky that whatever I need, it's always come to me Mm. eventually, right? Like it's just that faith that, as at least if I voice it, it's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. 
And my husband always said, yeah, if Catherine said, oh, if only I, the, the eagle could start flying right now at the top of this mountain, it will happen. That, that's, I just have that optimism that, you know. So Thousand Women is, is very dear to myself and our committee. We have a big committee, and it's all about removing barriers for Northwest students. Yeah. And a lot of them yeah. are immigrants. Yeah, yeah. So that takes me back to when my mom took English. Which, which, yeah, because in 1981, like that turned into Norquest. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So they've been, they've helped a lot of people. And my mom, I'm so proud of her. Um, She speak English and she was always afraid, right? Like, like I'm not good. And I'm like, mom, you're great. Perfect. But she does screw us up sometimes because she's a French teacher. So her adjective and noun, remember? Right. right. Well, actually I don't. I said right and I don't. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but licensed driver or driver license? Right. That's something okay. I literally always have to think okay. about because that's how my mom talks. <laughs> I told you earlier, not the coldest beer in the fridge. Exactly. But you know, yeah. um, it, it's it's incredible what you've been doing with that, and I know you do. You're involved with some other things as well, and and um, you're very generous to buy a table at our event. Um, you know. We're gonna we're gonna end this here pretty quick. And and when we did a little pre-pod chat, you were like, "I'm nervous because I don't even know what I would talk about." <laughs> Your life is quite incredible, and you you may maybe you don't see it that way, yeah. or but but it really is. And I feel really like I feel really lucky to, that I've got to know you here. Oh, thank you. And and I need you to to, and I hope you hear this. I get why you have imposter system, uh, imposter syndrome, because I actually have it too, yeah. and I think that most people in the world do. Mm-hmm. But I do think sometimes, usually not about myself, but when I when I I'm like, why would you have that? Because you just in my short time getting to know you a little bit, you're just pretty awesome, oh, and you've got you. this attitude. And this, like we said in here, this zest for yeah. life and this zest for getting things done, that's quite incredible. And But maybe you think it's because if you're not going to, you're always trying to do more, mm-hmm. right? I don't know. Which is a great <laughs> attitude, though. It's a good thing to have. And I also never, I've, I've, my philosophy is you never know when your end is. Sure. So sure. never live with regrets. Just squeeze as much as you can in because tomorrow's not promised. So I do do a lot in a day. You but love you love Edmonton so much, and I, I love that. But you know what? Edmonton's lucky to have you. Thank and you. I know that you've surrounded yourself with a lot of people like yourself as well, which yeah. is good. Um, you are a relentless person, even though you accidentally <laughs> fell into... <laughs> entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurship. But I, I can't think of anything else I'd be good at, so... You'd probably be good at a lot of stuff, but... But you're also good at the philanthropy. You're good at the giving back. You're good yeah. at the bringing people together. Yeah, I love bringing people together, yeah. especially for good cause, fun things. Yeah. And, and yeah. just so you know, you're a real good speaker. You need to know. I'm not just saying that. <laughs> and you're, the, the, like the, the plurals in this, it actually makes it great because it's who you are. Yeah. It's who you are. Well, thank you. So I just want to encourage you that way. I'm thankful you came on here. I'm thankful I got invited. Rob, it's all Rob's fault. It is. We blame Rob for a lot of things. That's Rob who owns Road 55. He's quite blameable. Yeah. Yes. But we're not done yet. We're not done yet. Okay. Because you are about, we're going to find out how relentless you are. Okay. You've you've listened to a couple of podcasts, haven't you? Yeah. And thank you. (laughs) I'm one of the 11. (laughs) I always love to meet a fan. I'm one of the 11. Yeah, Yeah. I love to meet my fans. <laughs> my wife doesn't even listen to the podcast, honestly. Oh, really? Like, well, I'm, I'm I freaked out because I was like, oh my God, I don't know anything about this podcast and I'm on it and it's an hour. What? Actually, what, what you say? said to me yesterday when we were talking, you're like, I've never heard of this. And I was like, yeah, most people haven't. <laughs> okay, we got to do the relentless Maybe we'll quiz. spread the good gossip We're going about to it. the good gossip. You need to get those thousand ladies <laughs> listening to it. All right, here we go. The relentless okay. quiz. Okay. Fruits or vegetables? Vegetable. City or countryside? Wow. I like both. If I had to pick, I would say city. Okay. Dirty bathroom or dirty kitchen? Dirty kitchen. 
Salty or sweet? Salty. Man, so you, this is interesting. You went vegetables and you went salty. Oh, yeah. Quite often people will go fruits and then salty or they'll go vegetables. I love vegetables. So, yeah, you, you don't like sweet things. No. Okay. That's I'm cool. sweet enough. That's right. <laughs> Hey, enough sweetness, enough sweetness. <laughs> too much and it'd be too That's overwhelming. Right. Oh, people would get diabetes. Okay, morning or night? Morning. Okay. Favorite comedy movie? <sighs> I told you I don't watch a lot of comedy, but mm-hmm. I remember Airplane. Oh. I love Steve Martin. Like we watched that. Okay, That's, I don't even know if people would know what movie that yeah, is. It's but a great movie. Well, yeah, people, people in our 50s and up would know. It's a great yeah, movie. Yeah, exactly. Uh, big party or small gathering? Um, I prefer small gathering. Okay. Okay. Phone in the bathroom or no phone in the bathroom? Phone in the bathroom. Thank you. So efficient. Honest. Oh, gosh. <laughs> A lot of people say no. <laughs> Favorite love song of all time? Ah, well, my wedding song is Leonard Cohen, Dance Me to the End of Love. Mm. But I also like All of Me. Who sings All of Me? John Legend. Oh, right. Right. Yeah, I, I love a lot of love songs. I've, mm. I've a, I'm a romantic. You love love? I love love. You yes, love that is true. I love love song. and Cake or pie? Pie. Even though I don't eat a lot of dessert, but yeah, lemon meringue, all healthy. pecan. I like to be a lot of fitness. I eat vegetables. <laughs> no, I love Come vegetables. <laughs> Come on. Describe your relentless podcast experience in four words. Um, it was nerve-wracking. Or I, it's not as bad as I thought. That's way more forward than forward. I'm going to take it. <laughs> I'm gonna take it. I was not, counting. Not as bad not as I as thought. Bad as I thought. <laughs> I love it. Where can we find you on social media? Do you do social media? Yeah, I'm on yeah. Facebook, on Instagram, okay. LinkedIn, Catherine Vu. Yeah. Or Catherine V. Yeah. Um, Proactive IT. Folks, look be- Catherine up. If you ever have an opportunity to go to Mood and have a coffee. <laughs> with Catherine or anywhere else do it uh fun passionate great human being and thank I'm so you very thankful much, you came on here thank you um folks I'm you glad know, I said yes yeah so am I thank you Rob yeah thank you Rob um <laughs> folks uh find you can at you can.ca that's triple w uh, Y-O-U-C-A-N.ca. Go on there. Check out what we do with the young people in our community. Buy some merchandise. Become a monthly donor because $25 a month is what? 87 cents a day. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to take this show on the road. And uh, <laughs> folks, we, we hope that you enjoyed this. And until next time, be relentless. Who doesn't love a road trip? I agree. I agree. This series is proudly produced by the team at Road 55. Road 55 creates content that connects. For more information, check our website, www.road55.ca.